If you need words of encouragement to be an entrepreneur, don't be an entrepreneur. Welcome to the download. Another episode of the download. Let's get ready to download. All right. <laughs> Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the download here from Tier 4 HQ. We are excited to have my partner in Tier 4 group, Betsy Robinson, in the studios today. Woo-hoo. Thanks for being here. Betsy. Betsy. Thanks for having me. All right. Good times. The download. Who we are, what we do. The download features trending technology news, insights, and thought leadership from some of the best and brightest in the technology space. Those technology leaders, helpers of IT, vendors, partners, et cetera, et cetera. Again, very excited to be joined by Betsy Robinson today. Thank you for making time for us. Thanks for having me. Um, I'm Jake Sherrill, founder and chairman of Tier 4 Advisors. I am also joined by our VP of Marketing, Joel Anderson. Joel, say hello to the crowd. That's me, VP of Marketing. All right. And Betsy, do you want to go ahead and introduce yourself? You got a lot of accolades and awards, and you're well-known in the uh, especially Atlanta, Georgia technology scene. Yeah, thanks. Tell everybody who you are and, uh, and what you do around here. So my name is Betsy Robinson, as Jake mentioned, and I'm the founder and CEO of Tier 4 Group, um, originally called Robinson Key. So we have been around uh, about seven years since 2014. So, wow, just hit our seventh year um, in business. And we were founded as a talent firm. So all things to do with people, recruiting, technologists. Um, and then we've expanded over the past three years to include professional services and cybersecurity consulting, as well as a budding um, value-added reseller program in the security space, um, which is very rare to have a women-owned company um, in that space. So um, just looking forward to continuing uh, our push forward in a post-COVID <laughs> market, which believe it or not, is pretty crazy. Um, so thanks for having me. Awesome. Wonderful partner, uh, not only Betsy, but her team of folks. Uh, it's as good as it gets in the industry. If you need any help with full-time, part-time, or contract placement and some additional uh, engineering resources or expertise, Betsy and her team are, again, as good as it gets, not only here in Atlanta, Georgia, but all over the country, as a matter of fact. And you're filling spots everywhere. Is that correct? Everywhere. Lower 48. Haven't made it to Alaska or Hawaii yet, but uh, I'd be happy to hop on a plane. Absolutely. (laughs) Good stuff. (laughs) Yeah, come with me. Joel, go too. Uh, Tier 4 Advisors uh, was founded on the premise of helping simplify and expedite the procurement process for your data center and telecom and managed services needs. Started eight and a half years ago here in Atlanta, Georgia, and we also do projects all over the world. So good stuff. With that said, uh, let's talk a little bit about the evolution of the partnership. I mean, we uh, we, we had this conversation uh, for you know six eight months, and then we decided to work together. Uh, you want to go ahead and start? It's uh, it's been a great partnership along the way. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I think both uh, Jake and myself and our other partners at both Tier Four Advisors and Tier Four Group saw an opportunity to. Uh, candidly say yes more often to customers. We had very complimentary services um, and uh, a great mix of of customers, uh, both in Atlanta and beyond. So, you know, we've had some great examples of wins where, you know, we were doing a lot of hiring for a customer, but they needed a data center transformation project, or they were looking to put in a new UCAS uh, phone system and and go through that process of of not only selecting the vendor, but even well before that, of of what do we even need and and 
what are the problems that we're trying to to accomplish and solve uh, with these types of projects? And so it's been a a great partnership that's going to continue to expand um, and grow. But it, it, it's awesome to be able to take the Tier Four Advisors um, model and provide that to Tier Four Group customers, and then vice versa when you guys are are working on these projects or you're in conversations with customers and they're looking to hire talent or maybe they are looking at a, you know, a security software that they want to evaluate um, or do a professional services project and, and us take on those deliverables. Um, you know, it, it's a great, uh, it's a great partnership. Fantastic. Good stuff. Let's keep the ball moving. Joel, best thing I saw all week. Go ahead. Google Earth just released a time-lapse feature. So basically over the past 40 years, they have satellite images that circle the globe, excuse me. And you can look at Dubai, you can look at San Francisco, you can look at here in Atlanta, Georgia, and you can see the growth of the cities expanding, expanding, expanding over a 40-year period. You look at Dubai, and I'm gonna put a little screen here. You look at Dubai, Nothing existed there 40 years ago. And then you see the growth of the islands. You see the, uh, the, like the island resort areas, and you see the growth of the city. It's unreal. So uh, Queen, Creek, Queen Creek, Arizona, I have some family that live out there. That did not exist 40 years. So you're, you're able to see just the growth of these cities in, in different markets. And it's very cool, very, very cool. So if you have a minute, check out Google Earth, the time-lapse function, and you can put in any city, any location around the globe, and you can look at the evolution of what's happened there in that area for the past 40 years. Good stuff. That's awesome. Betsy, best thing you saw all week? Yes. I hope some of our viewers have seen this. And if not, please go and Google this. But um, uh, Yannette Lopez was a cafeteria manager at an elementary school. And she took her citizenship test to become a U.S. citizen, passed. And when she came back to school for work, all the students and the teachers were lining the hallway with flags and screaming and waving and gave her just the grandest entrance into school. Um, I think I saw it on, on GMA or one of the morning news shows, but uh, it was it was just a touching moment and definitely one of those make you smile, make you feel good and um, a, a really cool welcome for her and a really sweet moment. So. That's really great. That's really great. Best thing I saw all week was actually trending, I think, just a few days ago. But uh, Shaquille O'Neal walks into a Zales jewelry store, and I, apparently he has a jewelry line at Zales, just so you know, because Shaq has a business doing everything nowadays, right? Why not? You got to give that guy credit. He has used his basketball career to do a lot of great things, not only for his family, but also a lot of others. Nonetheless, on video, there's a gentleman that is in there talking about lay, doing layaway uh, for an engagement ring. And Shaq walks by, pats him on the back, says, here, dude, I got it, hands the, uh, the Zales employee his credit card. Stuff like that makes you feel good, makes you, uh, you know, happy that uh, there's individuals that are blessed to the level of Shaq. Certainly a lot of hard work to get to where he is, but blessing others as well. And uh, that was the best thing I saw all week. That's awesome. So tech executives are rethinking how to hire for in-demand jobs, and uh, there's kind of you know, an ongoing war on talent. But you'll now see organizations start to offer their own in-house training programs, certification programs, specifically within the technology space. So they're offering cloud computing courses, IT support courses, data analytics courses. Is that you know a trend that most employers should now adopt as kind of their own in-house training certif- certification programs, or relying on um, you know traditional outside partners to help them find the right talent? Some thoughts there? Yeah, absolutely, um, and and. There is still a gap. The gap remains. Um, 
there will continue to, you know, studies show there will continue to be a gap. So, you know, it, it, it requires a lot of things on both sides. So I think this is just one piece of a puzzle of a lot of different options that companies, you know, can, can look at. Um, but absolutely. And I think this is where, where partnership makes a lot of sense. So we, we had a customer, um, a few years back that was looking to upskill for, uh, for Pega, which was a, a very in demand, uh, you know, uh, talent still is. Um, and they actually partnered with a local military base. And so while these military wives and families um, were living there for several years, they could take the opportunity to, uh, you know, give them another skill, especially the spouses, um, give them another skill, give them a job. And ultimately, wherever they potentially moved next or were stationed next, they could then work remotely. Um, and now COVID has shown us that, you know, remote work is probably here to stay, which I know we'll talk about. Um, but absolutely, I think I think reskilling is a, is a big tool, um, especially in in-demand, you know, like cloud positions, software development positions, um, DevOps. So it ma- makes total sense to find uh, partners, whether they be universities um, or otherwise, and uh, and help retrain and reskill those people. And it'll increase um, their tenure at those organizations as well. They won't necessarily look for other companies and other opportunities that would give them that skill. They can they can stay and get that right there within that organization. I think in an IT uh, leadership standpoint, sometimes folks continue to work themselves up and kind of out of a job. I don't mean that as a negative term as much as sometimes that's just what happens. Uh, and if you haven't seen that, I don't know that you've been paying attention to be candid. A lot of those folks, you know, could, could stay relevant, stay employed for a lot longer, I believe, if they continued their education and continued, you know, not necessarily redevelop, uh, reinventing themselves. That's not what I'm suggesting as much as redevelopment and continuing to learn new things, right? Eight, 10 years ago, people were using the word never and cloud in the same sentence, suggesting that they were never going to use the cloud or their organization would never be in the cloud. You know, uh, April of 2021, a lot of people are in the cloud now. If you didn't embrace that and you didn't go out and learn that new tool or that new skill, some of those folks are no longer employed or employable. So that suggestion of continuing ahead, I think, is very strategic, not only for people's employment uh, in job security, but also the people that they work for. All right, next uh, item that's kind of trending is there's a new study that shows COVID-19's impact on women in technology is uh, devastating. Do you have some thoughts there, Betsy, on how that's come about and what's contributing towards that? Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, it's interesting. I was reading, uh, I try to read every morning at least some articles and whatnot, and I was reading something last week that said the last five kind of recessions, right, impacted men tremendously, and that COVID has really been the first to dramatically impact women. Um, And it makes sense, right? Because women were expected to not only continue to perform in their jobs, but to now be stay-at-home teachers and and wives and moms and um, and all of the the things that that women, that we do, right? Um, And that was not realistic for a lot of people. So they chose to... stay at home and leave the workforce. Now, there is some some good information um, showing that in uh, Q1, so the latest data was in March of 2021, that we've actually returned to pre-pandemic numbers from employment as a whole. Um, but women are still lagging behind that. I think we'll continue to see it improve as vaccines come out, people go back to, you know, kids go back to school, so they, they have the opportunity to get back to what was somewhat normal before this. Um, you know, but but we'll need to continue. Um, there was a gap again, going back to that skills gap. There was a, a gap before, um, and it will take efforts from 
nonprofits, reskilling. I mean, it will take tremendous efforts from everyone across the globe uh, to continue to push both women and minorities and diverse candidates into uh, the tech field to meet the demand, you know, of those jobs. So, um, you know, in- interesting how this has been a, a very different effect on women than it has been on the men in the workforce. There were a couple studies, 72 per- 72% of respondents with children in the house said that they found it difficult to juggle work and home responsibilities. 79% of those with kids at home reported feeling burned out. So, you know, this is one of those things, just like, you know, I, I hate to compare it to war or other um, you know, market crashes or, or times where, you know, the going got tough. But, you know, you, you see people getting tough to get through this. And uh, we have family friends where, you know, the husband continued to work, but the wife, uh, you know, no longer had a job by choice, as a matter of fact, so that she could stay home and, and do certain things that uh, with public, you know, with school not in a session or um, you know, daycare or other options, or even grandparents coming over to help out during the day, which allowed, you know, mom and dad both to kind of get freed up a little bit to go, you know, have a have a job or career. Uh, a lot of that stuff changed and, and people have to obviously uh, pivot and do what they got to do to get through it. Uh, it's, it's tough on, on everybody, certainly. So uh, another article here from entrepreneur.com uh, states that women in tech, 50 per six of women drop out, statistically speaking. Unsurprisingly, most of those dropouts result from feelings of being undervalued, receiving lower pay than men, lacking a seat at the leadership table, and difficulty maintaining socially reinforced unequal workloads in the home. you agree with that? Um, I think that there's a, a long way to go in closing um, or, or, or getting to an equity play for women and men being paid equally for the same role. So a lot of work to do there. Um and I do still think the the brunt of, of what happens outside of work as far as caring for kids and, and the house still falls to women, right? So um, I do feel like there's a natural tendency to do more um, in that aspect. But but I, I do, you know, I, I do think things are improving. Um, I think remote work will be a tremendous opportunity. Um, and I think we'll start to see more flexible options too, where, you know, we, we have a customer right now that does a 30-hour work week. Um, for all their software developers and their employees. Um, so I think we'll start to see some some shifts and some flexibility um, that will hopefully enable women to feel like they can do both and have a successful career um, in technology and to continue to advance, um, but but on some different terms while they've got the kids at home um, and they're trying to, to juggle work, life, and, and being a mom. Some of the brightest minds that I've ever worked with in technology are women. Yeah. So it, it it just goes without saying that, you know, it, it's absolutely necessary. When you have a team of, of folks around you that are all like you, it doesn't do you a whole lot of good in, in you know, seeing other ideas and, and having other opinions coming in. That's why diversity, not only with males and females, but also, you know, different minority groups, different religions, creeds, whatever you want to call it, I think is absolutely vital. So shifting gears here towards more of a cybersecurity conversation, uh, 61% of employees uh, are failing their cybersecurity quizzes that their organizations are putting out. 93% of these individuals are saying that they've received some sort of a formal security training, but yet 63% of the people are still failing those. Why do you think that? is. Boy, I I guess I'll go ahead and start on that. You know, we we talked last week or the week before on the podcast about, you know, uh, 
training people to do certain things. You don't just hand someone a key to an airplane and expect them to go fly it, right? Uh, we were referencing masks. You know, how many millions of people are wearing masks without actually being trained in a nursing school or, or, or a med school of how to actually wear a mask? It sounds ridiculous, but you're actually trained how to wear masks in med school or if you're going to be a nurse, things like that. And, and how often you replace it and things like that. I mean, there was a gentleman sitting next to me on an airplane a few weeks back his mask must have been three months plus old. I mean, the thing was fraying. It was, na- and, 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 you know, it, it's, I feel for the guy because someone needs to walk up to him and say, hey, get a new mask, yeah. you know? Yeah. But that's the same thing about security, compliance, a lot of these other things. We are all using a supercomputer in our hand or in our pocket every single second of almost every single day, right? We have become addicted as a society, as a world, to these mobile devices. The security, the, the, the lack of security uh, that you have on not only that, but a lot of the other things that are floating around, the Wi-Fi things that you're logging into or not, the, the, the links that you're following to buy that you know one thing that was marketed to you on Instagram or Facebook or wherever, all the things that we do online. I mean, if you don't think that you know, you're being tracked, that, that all your data is public, that everything that you do right now is basically you know, out there. Uh, I'm afraid to tell you, you know, you're probably wrong. But from a security (laughs) standpoint, again, um, you know, there's no real formal training on how to use an iPhone or a Droid cell phone and, you know, what to click on, what not to click on. You know, a lot of the things that's flying around out there naturally is going to be an issue. Yeah, I think I think a couple of factors, right? The attempts at phishing and and um and whatnot that employees are being bombarded with has increased, right? So it's not surprising that more people are uh, failing these attempts at, at these cybersecurity quizzes because, uh, you know, there, there's more coming at them and, and in all kinds of different ways. Um, but, uh, but I also think people are super busy. I mean, we're all busier than ever. We're working harder than ever at home. Um, and to Jake's point, you're on multiple devices, right? Multiple uh, laptop, phone, um, you're on the go. And so, you know, I think a lot of people are just opening emails on their phone, clicking things, and uh, they're not thinking. They're just in the middle of doing something. They're opening up an email, clicking, and, you know, boom, then they, they've, they've gotten hacked and their company has been breached. So, um you know, I, I think there's a number of things we can all do better. This is something I feel like Tier 4 Group, we have some um, some great partners and, and some training that we've provided to organizations. We actually do some um, gamification of some of these types of um, uh, emails and whatnot that come through. So you kind of make it fun. But to your point, Jake, it, it's an ongoing effort, right? You can't just give them a key and, and throw it away and expect it to be 100%. You've got to continuously re-educate um, and move on. So. All right, so we have two of the premier Atlanta-based entrepreneurs here with us in studio. And so for our viewers and for our listeners, combined multiple Inc. 5000 award recipients, Bulldog 100s, 40 under 40s, Atlanta Pace Center award recipients. Between the two of you, you know what you're doing, all right? It's, it, I'm sure it didn't always start out that way. There was probably a lot of blood, sweat, and tears along the way that people don't see, right? They, they do see the awards. They do see what's happening on LinkedIn. They do see all that kind of great stuff, but they don't see those sleepless nights. They don't see the 2.30 a.m. scramble emergency phone calls or meetings. They don't see that, right? 
So for our viewers and listeners to get more insight into running a business, starting a business, for those that are looking for some of that advice, two-part question here. What's, what's the best part about starting and running a business? And then follow-up question, what's, what's the worst part about starting and then running a business? Jake, we'll start with you. Starting a business is being able to wake up Monday morning excited, can't wait to get to your desk because you are building your own mission. You're doing something that you're passionate about. Uh, Elon Musk was asked something the other day at an entrepreneurship uh, seminar or something like that. What words of encouragement would you give to an entrepreneur or someone that wants to be an entrepreneur? And his reply was, if you need words of encouragement to be an entrepreneur, don't be an entrepreneur. That needs to be something, right. right? Right. So that needs to be something that you have that fire, that flame, that that drive to do yourself. Uh, there's nothing like that feeling. Um, if if you can find something that you're passionate about, that you're good at, you want to go out and help other people. Uh, it, it's something that you know, just a lot of fun, uh, a lot of hard work, a lot of stress, but uh, that's the fun part of it. The not fun part of it, I mean, some of the obvious things that everyone might fear being an entrepreneur or a business owner, um, you know, that might be sitting there at a W-2 job thinking about, hey, one day I want to do it, but I'm scared of this, 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 this. You know, there's, there's plenty of negatives if you want to be candid. Uh, the, the, the failure rate is very high. Um, uh, over and above that, I think that, you know, it's probably fair to say that you don't have a work week per se. You mentioned just a second ago that a client of ours has a 30-hour work week. Those are W-2 employees that literally can come up, come to work. They, they uh, check in and then they check out, hopefully for them. As an entrepreneur, you're never checking out. So, you know, people are like, oh, wow, you went on vacation. It's like, what's your defini- definition of vacation? I mean, truly, because the last vacation I truly went on was probably three years ago when I went on a cruise. And I truly was unplugged because my phone didn't work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right? Best thing about running a business, worst thing about running a business. Yeah, I, I, you know, I think not to say Jake said most of it, but, uh, you know, I agree that the best thing is that you get to get up every day and be excited about building a legacy, building a team, um, making an impact um, in the world and for your customers, um, for your family. And so uh, I like the opportunities kind of, you know, to pivot and to not have to go ask someone else for permission, right? Um, or to change a strategy and and ultimately to, to do what's best for our customers and our employees. So, um, you know, those are the best parts and, and the fun parts. Um, you know, for me, I'd say worst part is uh, twofold. What Jake said, you know, if, if you think that you can ever turn your phone off or to, to be unplugged, that's that's a myth. Is there anything that you would go back and do differently? I say no, because then I wouldn't be where I am today. If I started at a different time or I did something a different way, I wouldn't be, you know, in the seat that I'm at today. I could probably go back and tell myself not to stress out about so many things and that it, it would really be okay um, but I remember when I, I left my last day in corporate America talking to one of my best friends and I said, if I fail, I fail. And someone in my future, whoever my future employee employer will be, uh, they will appreciate that I took the chance and, and that I tried versus I didn't try. Now, luckily didn't fail yet. <laughs> Turn all of our revenue into Bitcoin back in 2013. <laughs> right. Hey, tier four advisors, we accept Bitcoin uh, back in 2013. 
Uh, no, I mean, you know, from an employee uh, capability standpoint, we've been very lucky in the people that we've been able to bring on board. Uh, from a partnership standpoint, again, been very lucky to find like-minded people who want to do the right thing for their clients. From a partnership standpoint, also, you know, our database of 700 plus vendors, um, that being what it is, has allowed us to enable and empower our clients more so than we could have ever dreamt of back in the day. I mean, that database started with one vendor. And to what it is today and the team of engineers and, and resources that we have today, uh, again, it's it, it, to your point, it's because of every step along the way that we've taken. Uh, the markets that are open from the West Coast to the East Coast, Northeast, Northwest, uh, projects that we've done in countries that I can't even pronounce. Uh, very humbling uh, to to have been able to do the types of things that we've done. So very exciting. You know, again, we hit the market at the right place, right time, offering a service where, again, a client as of today that I referenced earlier said, why wouldn't anybody use you? It's a no-brainer. Uh, those are flattering words, and those are things that, that make you realize as an entrepreneur that, you know, you're, you're on to something for sure. I think it's time to spin that wheel, Jake. All right, let's spin it. Okay. Betsy? Spin that wheel. Spin that wheel. <laughs> Spin that wheel. Big money, big money, big money. Ten. Ten. Number ten. All right. Who has impacted your life the most and why? Ooh. That's a great question. Other than my spouse, because that's always the default answer. Of course. Um, I would say my grandmother. So as I was actually, this was years ago, um, talking about the path to entrepreneurship, my grandmother worked when women didn't work. She owned a small dress shop. She was an entrepreneur. Um, my grandfather was also an entrepreneur, but she was the one who kind of ran the purse strings and um, you know took care of all the finances. She was just an amazing, uh, strong woman, Barbara Graham. Um, so I think as I age and look back, she's had more of an impact on me than maybe I even realized growing up at the time. Um, so yeah. Outside of my immediate family, my mom and my dad, solid. Um, but then some of my mentors that I had at the University of Utah were um, phenomenal for me. That's great. My mom was a violin teacher, raising four kids and two nieces uh, while being a violin teacher for, for uh, hundreds of students. As a matter of fact, I, I've marched in parades playing violin. I've sang uh, in, in front of retirement homes and things like that. It, a lot of people don't know that, but that was part of my life. Uh, my father ran the West Coast for a health insurance company, started as a shoe salesman following his dad's footsteps, and then went out and started selling health insurance. And then it became the regional vice president for for that particular company, showed me what, uh, what work ethic was all about, uh, being willing to go on the road, do what was necessary to provide for his family. From a technology standpoint, I got a lot of mentors and, and, and people that have impacted my life. I'll mention a few of them, but Ron Hutchins, prior CTO at Georgia Tech, for some reason or another, he took me under his wing and it was a great mentor of mine. Jim Schofield, prior CTO at Coca-Cola, Great mentor, great friend of not only myself, but tier four advisors. Lisa and Eric McVeigh. Um, obviously, Eric McVeigh is a partner in the firm, but also Lisa, his wife. Wonderful uh, in the sense of being willing to, to sit down, listen, and talk to somebody who, at the time, maybe I was a year, year and a half into technology. She's the CIO of McKesson yeah. at the time. Um, unbelievable folks and uh, couldn't be more grateful. Tino Mantella, uh, running TAG later becoming the CEO and uh, partner here at Tier 4 Advisors. Uh, again, folks that have impacted my life, not only 
personally, but also professionally. And without a doubt, of course, obviously, you know, uh, my wife and, and even my children, you know, the way they've impacted my life. So with that said, thank you so much for joining us here on The Download. Betsy, you're awesome. Thanks, Thanks for, for coming me. in. Joel, fantastic job. Thanks again. If you need any help with projects, whether that's Data Center Cloud, DRAS, UCAS, CCAS, you name it, Tier 4 Advisors, tier4advisors.com, give us a call. We are here to help. Thanks, everybody. Take care. We'll see you next week.